Let's dance. The Dance Electric. It's episode 33 of For Our Edification. Thank you so much for joining for our edification where personal leadership it comes from a real place. I'm Eddie Francis, and you can catch past episodes of For Our Edification by going to eddiefrancis.com. There are also some past episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever heard of followership? Yeah, it's a thing. There's leadership, but then there's also followership, right? So I know somebody who can talk about followership. But she's not going to just talk about followership. She's going to talk about followership and leadership as a dance. Her name is Sharna Fabiano, and she joins us on this episode of For Our Edification. The views and opinions expressed on For Our Edification do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the hosts, guests, or any entities with which we are affiliated. Sharna Fabiano is a certified coach, author of Lead and Follow, the dance of inspired teamwork, and host of the Lead and Follow podcast, drawing on her previous career as an internationally recognized tango artist. She works with individuals and teams to develop both leadership and followership skills. And Sharna, she actually has a Master of Fine Arts in Dance from UCLA. She's the 2023 chair of the International Leadership Association's Followership Membership Community. And that's how I had the pleasure of meeting Sharna. So uh, so quick story here. I'm going to do a little cross promotion here. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't know this, then I have another podcast called I Want to Work There. It's about employer branding and higher education. So I had this idea and I wanted to get an idea about how micromanagement affects employee engagement and how it affects people being ambassadors of their places of work. I go into the ILA discussion board and I see that there's one specifically for followership. And I'm thinking, huh, this is good. This has got to work out. Somebody here has got to know how this works out. And Sharna helped me out. She raised her hand, came on board. We recorded a great episode. And by the way, um, this episode, we are like late August, early. I'm sorry. We're like late July, early August with this particular episode. So the episode of I Want to Work There that Sharna appears on is actually dropping August 28th. So there we go. So there's there's that timestamp. So Sharna, thank you so much. And what I wanted to talk to you about is really much more about followership. I'm in grad school. I'm learning leadership. I get this leadership theory thing. I run across followership. I'm going, I didn't know there was such a thing. I learned <laughs> that. And, and you know, it's interesting because one of the things I learned is that I had been practicing followership throughout my career. Like I was the person who would always be so concerned about how my decisions might affect the leader, um, how the leader's decisions are affecting me and how there is this exchange. But for you, you love to use dance because dance is what you do. And so let's ask first about leadership. All right. When it comes to dancing, how does dancing relate to leadership? How does that relationship work or how does that metaphor work for you? Sure. And let me just say thanks for inviting me back again. Any day I get to chat with you, Eddie, is a good day and especially about my favorite topic. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate so, you. So you're welcome. So to answer your question, I'm going to have to talk a little bit about 
both roles just temporarily mm-hmm. because it's just so um, it's just impossible to pull them apart. And if you imagine a dance couple, right, it becomes clear. You see, well, there's two people in the partnership on the dance floor. So uh, and they're both required right, to be there to make the dance work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to say for those of you who are not familiar with tango improvisation in particular, it's interesting to note that the leader and follower roles in this dance are very asymmetrical, which can a little bit be confusing if you're comparing it to like a waltz or another ballroom dance in which the step patterns are mostly like mirror images of each other. Um, The tango is not like that. There's no basic pattern that the partners do over and over again. And that's one reason that talking about leadership and followership with the tango metaphor is so uh, powerful, I think. So, Instead of this repeated basic pattern, what you do is you learn a common vocabulary and then leader and follower invent sequences using that vocabulary, using very strong and refined nonverbal communication skills and you know, conventions of the dance. So leadership in this dance looks like a choreographer's job, right? If you use another metaphor, it might be more familiar. So the leader in the dance, in the tango improvisation dance is putting together all those sequences, right, based on shared vocabulary. They are directing the pathway of the couple around the dance floor. They're protecting the partner from crashing. They're uh, navigating as the dance floor space shifts, right, because it's full of other partners dancing Mm -hmm. together. Uh, So they're in that kind of big picture, uh, choreographing, um, directing a role, maybe a project manager type, you know, view. And then just to kind of round this out, the followership role is moving and dancing within that choreography, right? Like a performer on the stage. So they take the sequence that's been chosen, you know, by the leader and they breathe life into it. They focus on the quality of the movement, the feeling, the shaping, the expression of that particular individual movement, right? Their focus is really in the moment, in the refinement and the beauty of what they're doing, right? Like as you would, if you're a member of a team kind of contributing your part of the project. So hopefully that gives a little bit of a frame for everyone. Oh man. I ha- okay. All right. I have like five other questions <laughs> just from that. But before we get to all of that, I mean, so let's define followership. I mean, as you see it, what is followership? So folks can understand. Yeah. So, okay. Big question, right? It's like, what's leadership? Well, do you have, you know, five years to read all the theories? But, so, <laughs> so followership is, you know, to to give it credit, like it's really equally as complex as leadership and many of the things you mentioned already, Eddie, like, you know, noticing how I can support the leader, what do I do in relationship to them? You know, how do I respond to them? These are very much like part of followership. But one way I like to define it really succinctly is that following is what you're doing if you're not leading. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you're on a team, if you're even in a conversation and you're aware that that person is leading you, either they're the title leader or they're leading a project or an interview, say, uh, then the following part is what you're doing in relation to them, right? In response to them, uh, in collaboration with them to make their vision successful, to, you know, contribute everything you can to support whatever is happening. Yeah. And it's really interesting to note that, it's really interesting to note that you were talking about um, you were talking about steps. Right. And so the one question that came up for me is because I'm, I'm really thinking about um, how I have engaged in followership 
And and one of the questions I have that's dance related is, is it about being on step together or is it about being in rhythm together? Well, here, I think I'm going to have to go back to the specialness of tango because yeah. it's both of those things and okay. a lot more. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so I said before the tango is different, right? It's special. Like, so it, for example, it's possible that uh, the follower takes a step, the leader does not take and mm-hmm. vice versa, right? So the leader could take a step and the follower is standing on one foot. So it's, it's really like you're crafting, um, crafting a unique sequence of movements, right? And then you have four legs to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those four legs, you know, you, you're designing um, a pattern, you know, a three-minute dance, right? A pattern for that, and you're interpreting that to music. Um, but the partners are not always doing the same thing. So if you're, if you're following on the dance floor and your dancer will try to paint this as concretely as I can, you're receiving messages for every time you put your foot down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So your leader is telling you basically step left, step back, step right, you know, turn diagonal backwards or, you know, around forward. So you're on a very step by step level executing all of those requests. Mm-hmm. And you don't always know what your leader is doing. So, you know, you might be in step. Um, you might not. They might be choosing something else to accompany you, you know, in, in what you're doing. Um, but you're both interpreting the music. You know, all the steps are expressing some aspect of the music but not necessarily the same note at the same time does that help yeah so trust is really important here it sounds like oh yeah yeah <laughs> because i mean so so you said that the partners may not necessarily be on the same step but there has to be a relationship. There has to be, it sounds like there has to be something there that says, okay, my partner just did this. So I'm going to respond with that, but I can't throw my partner off. I I have to do something that my partner is going to understand like like this. I guess a way, I guess a way that I'm thinking about it is the dance is a physical coordinated conversation that's going on and with leader follower, there is this um it, it sounds with leader follower or leadership followership you have um a coordinated conversation of decision making <laughs> going on a lot of times but that but at the mm-hmm. at the end of the day you really got to trust people it sounds like especially on the dance floor that that have you ever danced with somebody who you just you you, <laughs> you were questioning your trust there or they were questioning your trust and what was that like if it did happen uh, yes. I, yes. And yes. I feel like I've had, you know, almost every kind of dance possible. Um, trust is crucial, right? When you don't have it, you just don't move very much. Right? And yeah. so, yeah. you know, on the dance floor, it's very obvious, like, you know, trust and that connection is sort of fundamental. Otherwise you're just sort of waiting. You're like, I don't know, that left doesn't feel good to me. Are you sure? Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, the, the leader, the jobs are very polarized, right. In the mm-hmm. tango, which makes it easy to look at them in work, you know, in the work world, it's more fluid, right. We, we, we all lead to some extent. We all follow to some extent, but in, in the tango, it's very polarized. So the, the leader person is making the decisions for all the steps, right. Both mm-hmm. the leader steps and the follower steps. So all the steps that we, we both do, the leaders choosing those. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And the decision making that the follower is doing is more like, how am I doing those steps? Mm-hmm. Am I doing them soft? Am I doing them sharp? Am I doing them, yeah. you know, play- playfully? Am I doing them intensely? So it's more a qualitative set of decisions and like the micro adjustments of, okay, is that step like one millimeter closer to my partner or further away, you know, to make sure I'm balanced perfectly. There, it's like refining all of the leader's decisions to make them flawless and beautiful. You know, Sean, this even counts in a club, though. Even in a club. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because, you know, check this out. Because if you, I, there are so many times I have seen that somebody will ask somebody to dance in the club is happy hour. And you have the one joker who just wants to like, <laughs> like just, just, <laughs> just dance, fever it up. And the partner's like, no, no, let's just flow. Let's just flow. And mm-hmm. it does turn into this thing where one person says, okay, I can't trust this person to act right. And they walk off and they go to the bar because, mm-hmm. you know, or they just yeah. politely, you know, the end of the song comes and they just politely say, oh, you know, let's just, let's just, let's just hang out at the tables over there because this, this thing that happened on the dance floor, that's not really working. So yeah. Yeah. I would diagnose that as a lack of connection. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Right. So let's look at the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. The other end of the spectrum is you have a partner and you're doing this tango and you two just pick up on each other immediately. So what is, let's compare that to a leadership followership situation where the leader and the follower just, they just start to vibe and everything starts to work. What is that feeling like for you? Or what has that been like for you when you've had that partner, you just gotten that immediate connection with? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, what comes to mind is maybe something more mundane that than uh, <laughs> listeners might expect is I'm like, oh, uh, when I have that feeling, it's that it, it comes almost always from the fact that both partners have very have have are at a high skill level. Mm, right? Like, okay, like okay. they just have trained themselves to not only and when I say skill, I don't mean like execute the steps well, right? That's one part of the skill set. Like, you know, your expertise, maybe you're a good engineer or you're good with spreadsheets, right? That's like your technical expertise. But the two partners are very skilled at their interpersonal abilities to connect. I get right? it. Meaning yeah. they are yeah. both so good at tuning into each other, right? Like the opposite of your club example, <laughs> right? That they're like, I feel you, you know, the leader and follower, like, I feel you, I feel you. We're tuning in on a qualitative level. I'm listening to you. You know, both are listening. And so when that skill level is high on both sides, like there's not very much static in your movement. You're not like mm-hmm. pushing too much or, or or pulling away too much. You know, you kind of have the perfect tone, mm-hmm. right, to physically feel each other's balance. Then it's just effortless, right? Then yeah. you see, then you see the beautiful sequences, the musical choices the flow. Um, So it's like the high skill level of followership and leadership together that produces that ease. It's not like chemistry or magic or, you know, something else. It's actually like (laughs) cultivated skills, you know? Oh, okay. All right. So that's great. So I have, I have a good one for you. Um, But first you're listening to, for our edification, I'm Eddie Francis and we're talking to Sharna Fabiano and uh, Sharna is a coach when it comes to leadership and it comes to followership. Also, she's the host of the podcast uh, lead and follow. So, um, okay. So I have a scenario for you. 
Um, so I was in a situation once where I did uh, report to someone who I thought was always in competition. And I found it very hard, number one, to trust. But then number two, using a, a dance metaphor, I just couldn't get in step with this person. And it got mm-hmm. to a point where I just gave up because my thinking was, I don't want to compete with you. What I want to do is work with you. And what I want to mm-hmm. do is sit there. And, 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 I, and I do feel that part of that competition was this person thinking that their skill set was much better than mine. And mm-hmm. so it just turned into this push and this pull. It was a really, really, really frustrating dance. <laughs> and so, I mean, wh- what is that? I mean, if you if you had to put that in, if you're sitting there and you're talking to the two of us and you're trying to get the two of us to work better together, mm-hmm. I- I'm finding it very difficult to practice followership. Because I'm checking out and I'm going, I'm not going to make any informed decisions that's going to make this thing go forward. I just want to leave this dance and go sit somewhere, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you're breaking that down, how are you breaking that down? Specifically, if you're listening to me as the follower say that I'm frustrated and I feel like I'm competing against somebody who has, you know, some sort of authority over me. I mean, what are you mm-hmm. thinking? What's, what's your feedback? What's your response to that sort of thing? Yeah, that's really challenging. And unfortunately, it's common, right? So the first thing I would say is if I'm just talking to the the follower person, right, because you don't always have the chance to talk to both, which is ideal, you know, but you don't always have the chance is that to to be, uh, first of all, to like depersonalize, right, whatever the frustration is. So if there's any sort of negative self-talk about like, um, you know, they hate me or I'm not good enough or I just can't manage this, you know, just try to like put that aside, you know, because this is a two way street, right? So Mm -hmm. if there's frustration, Mm -hmm. then there's an adjustment on usually on both sides to be made. Um, So that's like step one is try to, you know, depersonalize it and just say, okay, something here isn't working. And then uh, this is, you know, one of the hard parts (laughs) is get realistic about what seems possible, right? So this is, again, we're not talking to the the leader. We're only working with a follower. So if this leader has decided these are the bounds of what I'm doing or what I'm expecting, and I'm not going to budge from that, then, you know, sometimes you just have to be realistic about what's possible, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And not take it as a reflection on you. Yeah. Um, And there's there's another great definition of leadership followership from... Uh, co- great uh, colleagues and mentors of mine, Mark and Samantha Hurwitz, uh, their book is Leadership is Half the Story. And they define leadership as setting the frame, right? Very much a dance metaphor. And followership as creating within the frame. Mm-hmm. So this leader mm-hmm. might have an unfortunately narrow frame, mm-hmm. right? Because of competitiveness or whatever reason that you then need to work within to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the, the two things. If I'm only talking to the follower, we'll just pause there and see if that prompts any other questions. Yeah, no, no, that, 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 that does, that does. I can see how, I can see how at some point it, it actually did get personal for me. I did take mm-hmm. it personally. And the, the thing that I felt like, I felt like I just, 
I felt like I just couldn't openly discuss that, discuss the whole thing. And that was the part mm-hmm. that was very, very frustrating for me. So actually at some point, and this kind of leads into another question I was going to ask you, I felt like I was a partner who had two left feet at some point, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I felt like, I'm like, I can't do this dance. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. I mean, I just, I, I, I'm just going to go sit over here. And mm-hmm. so what is that like? I mean, you know, is there, was there ever a time, um, when you were maybe coaching someone in dance and they were just filled with that sense of self doubt because they just felt like they just couldn't catch up with what was going on and were you able to get them past the self doubt? I mean, ever, ever a situation like that for you? Yeah, many. And, you know, I have kind of similar comment here. I think realizing that it's not about one or the other, but it's both. That's mm-hmm. almost always the key, right? So in, like in your example, you were probably right that you couldn't follow in the way you wanted to, right? In the mm-hmm. way that you would have with a partner who was maybe more interested in collaborating with you. You know, mm-hmm. it's true that like dialogue is not always open and we need to be clear about that. And that's why, you know, I always say depersonalize it, you know, as much as possible. Um, work with what you can because the depersonalizing it is what removes the self-doubt, the shame, the self-attack. But yeah, if you're working with someone and you feel like you can't get in step, right? You're awkward, you're stumbling, you know, maybe someone's like pushing you too fast or not being clear. um, That that's, you know, that's a limitation. I will say that it's possible for highly skilled followers, and maybe this is interesting, you know, to bring into the conversation on followership. If you have a beginner leader, right? And I'll say instead of bad leader, I'll just say beginner, right? So beginner, someone who doesn't have the skills yet, right? To communicate well, to, you know, give space, to listen. Uh, So on a dance level, a beginner leader will usually either use too much force or not enough, right? Mm -hmm. So they're using their Mm -hmm. arms or their upper body in a way that creates too much force, too much pushing and pulling. And that makes it hard for the follower to be balanced. Right. You can imagine taking pretty, a step. pretty, pretty awkward. I yeah. imagine too. It's like, so <laughs> that's awkward. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on the other side of that, right. Is the beginner leader who's like, just doesn't know how to communicate non-verbally. So they're just not giving any signal. They're giving like three signals at once. And the followers like left, right back. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> so that's it. Those, those are typical leader, beginner leader struggles to work oh, through. Yeah. But, and the beginner follower is really limited to what they can do with that. Right. Because they, yeah. they don't know either. Right. What's supposed to happen. But a very skilled follower has some things that she, she or he can do to compensate for those beginner leader stumbles. So one thing that the advanced follower has is knowledge of the vocabulary. Mm, mm -hmm. So even though it's improvised and open, there is a limited number of steps you can take right forward, side, back. They usually go in certain patterns. So the follower can sort of guess or make it more educated guess about which one it would be, right, than a beginner. Mm -hmm. They can kind of filter out all those weird signals or the too much pulling and pushing to say, okay, yeah, I I get this leader's doing a lot of, you know, unnecessary stuff, but I'm pretty sure this step would be next, right? This is what makes the most sense based on the logic of the dance. So the advanced follower can do that. Mm -hmm. And they can also use their own ability to be grounded and stable to 
sort of non-verbally influence, you know, the, the leader in a positive way. So you can calm down, you know, a leader who's nervous because they don't know what they're doing. If yeah. you are very grounded in your legs and very stable and just, you know, moving in a calm way. So those things I think also translate into the work environment. Like if you are a subject matter expert and your leader is like all over the place or not giving you good direction, you're like, well, you know, you're going to be in a position to maybe ask better questions, you know, to make more educated suggestions, to propose things or even show pieces of work that will help that leader recognize what's needed. And likewise, you know, if you're skilled, like in your, in your inner, inner state, right, you can yeah. present yourself in a way that's calmer that might help that leader connect with you better. Yeah. You know, one of the things that occurred to me when, um, when I was doing my, my, my master's studies is mm -hmm. followership works and you've brought this up so many times and, and I, and I want, I want people to really understand this. I mean, as a, as a follower, yes, you have a voice and, and personally, I think you should have a voice as a follower. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only way you make a lot of stuff work, even if it's a hierarchy and the leader is the one who gets the final say, you still should have some, some kind of voice, but <laughs> But um, <laughs> one of the things that I ran into in my leadership studies um, was this concept of there being an organic paradigm of leadership where a lot of the decision making comes from the ranks. It does come from mm -hmm. followership. So the leader is not the one with all the command and control. Um, you have a lot of people in a follower position who are reporting to someone, but they have a whole lot to say. The thing is, though, is that you do have to know what you're talking about. Like you really, <laughs> really have to own your area um, is, is there's this piece that I wrote about executive authority versus expertise authority and mm -hmm. executive authority is just what it sounds like. It's, it's the people with the executive titles. They make the policy decisions and everything. But expertise authority are the folks who are they're low. They may be, for lack of a better term lower on the rungs uh, of the ladder, but they really own their space so well that if you need anything, if you need anything at all, any advice, <laughs> any, any informed feedback, they got it. They will give you what you need to make the best informed decision as a leader. So it's really interesting to hear you mention so many times the importance of being skilled, a skilled follower. And, and I think that's something that people may miss. Uh, and I hope they pick it up definitely in, in what you're saying. Um, it has, it, when, when two partners get together, um, I'm, I'm big on what I call intellectual chore, uh, choreography. You know, I'm mm -hmm. really big on let's sit down and let's think about how we're going to work this thing together, how we're going to work this partnership. What does it look like when partners get together and dance and you have those first conversations about or or does this even happen? You have those first conversations about what you're going to do on the floor. <laughs> uh oh, she laughs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be a good answer. Go. <laughs> well, I think, you know, the the structure and etiquette of the dance world is such that we don't talk to each other very much. Oh, it's, now it's getting really good. <laughs> yes, it's all very mysterious, right? And non-verbal. But which speaks to the fact that if it works out, then that says a lot about the skill of being a dancer. A whole lot. Yes, I mean, the dance 
skill set is a nonverbal skill set, right? It is wow. the physical skill set. So of course we talk a lot in classes, but when we go out to practice the dance or in a social environment, um, most of it is without words, without verbal words, which sure. does make it feel rather magical. Yeah. Um, um, so there, there in place of that, right, we have, we have etiquette and we have sets of assumptions, right, about what we do together. And I mentioned earlier that mm. the leader and follow roles are very polarized. So when you invite someone to dance, you are assuming that they will take on a certain set of responsibilities, hmm. right? Um, and, you know, when, when I say a set of responsibilities, it's it's pretty simple, right? So the, the leader person, their job is to make all the decisions about the footwork, like what the steps are going to be and what order and what, you know, musical timing and, you know, how are we going to progress around the dance floor? So if I accept a dance from someone who's leading me, I assume that they are going to take care of all of that, mm-hmm. right? And I do not try to do that because if I do, then we are not going to function together, mm-hmm. Right. And I, and I, I say this recognizing that in an organizational context, it's not so polarized, right? We do flip back and forth a lot. And I think it's really important what you're saying about the different kinds of authority, because we do switch back leading and following depending on the context and the mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. So that's important to realize that leadership and followership are, they can be rank, but they're also function. Mm-hmm. They're also function. Um, so in the dance floor, then the followership job description is... I stay in the moment. I make every step beautiful. I shape the you know tiny little micro adjustments around the the leader, the space that I'm sort of monitoring in a way that's easeful. You know, I I, I make myself easy to easy to lead. Right, I'm very responsive. I control my own balance. I manage all of my joints, so I'm always lined up perfectly to like execute the next thing. Yeah. Um, I you know I fill that with qualities that I find pleasurable and beautiful. So those are all of my job descriptions. And so then the leader knows I don't have to do that. I'm not controlling my partner's movement. I'm just making the structure for them to, you know, um, fill it with. Mm-hmm. So th- mm-hmm. those are like the, the, the assumptions that we make. And so that's why we don't have to plan it out. Right. Cause we already share a common vocabulary. Yeah. You know, um, uh, ILA recently did um, a leadership webinar. It was be- was it was it it was earlier. It was a few days ago, and one of the interesting things that was mentioned in this webinar um, about followership is that is that initially followership had been talked about from the leader standpoint. Uh, when they mm-hmm. started the, the the research and the literatures, the literature, and then as time has shifted, you know, the research got wiser and mm-hmm. folks started to talk more about followership from <laughs> the follower standpoint, what it was mm-hmm. like to be in that position. And so um, for someone who is, so let's say you, you, you're coaching someone, you have someone mm-hmm. right now who is saying, listen, you know, my ambition is to become that leader. I, I want to be the CEO, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, I report to mid-management and uh, and I am doing I think I'm doing everything I have to do um, in order to, 
you know, in order to get in order to reach that goal. I'm, I'm, I'm providing the feedback. I'm, I'm making sure I communicate with my leader. I'm making sure my leader understands that uh, any kind of criticism I get is not taken personal. And I look at everything as a piece to go forward. My question is this. Um, how does someone how when you're coaching someone, how do you get them uh, or how do you how do you encourage them to prepare to make those moves uh, in the followership position? How do you, what, what do you what kind of feedback do you give them to say, OK, this is this is how you prepare. And um, you know what? In dance, this is how we prepare. So how does that how does that sound coming from you, coach? um i well this is like the first global thing that comes to mind is i think to be successful anything like whatever level you want to be at you know um subject matter expert you know ceo start your own company you 100 percent need strong leadership and followership skills Mm -hmm. so especially in the world that we're rapidly creating right Mm -hmm. where we're, we're yeah. flowing a lot between like who does what we don't always know who's doing what we don't know where the knowledge is coming from. Um, the, the, the actual definition of leadership is changing rapidly yes. as we understand more and more how teams yes. function and, and what followership is. Yeah. So it, especially, especially think, with the society getting so much more diverse in so many ways. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I think we need to keep that in mind that we can't just focus on, leadership anymore. It just doesn't work. You know, Mm. Um, whether we call it a followership or whether we call it, you know, interpersonal skills or I, I I recommend followership because it makes it more solid. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, we both, we all need both no matter what. So that's sort of the first thing I strongly, you know, um, encourage anyone just for overall career management. It's just going to help you anywhere, wherever you are. Um, But beyond that, you know, if you want to be, um, CEO of a certain company, a certain kind of company, you've, I think you've got to uh, think about what that means in context, right? So like becoming the CEO of a tech company is different than becoming a CEO of a university, you know? So like what, what's the specific things you need to design your own learning for, Yeah. you know, and, and I don't think there's a formula there, um, so, you know, some of that's followership, some of that, some of that's like just research, some of that's like specific connections that are relevant to what you're interested in. But I know that's definitely not a very satisfying answer, but um, I think that's mostly what I see with people is like you really have to personally design your path, yeah. um, you know, for what you want. Yeah, that's why I talk about personal leadership so much. That's why this is about personal, mm-hmm. because I, I think one thing that really sticks out to me in, um, in what you've talked about is, you know, you're saying in dance, there are times you don't have time to prepare. It's going to be social. It's going to be whatever. You just get up and you you do it. And I think there is a big message in there for folks um, that when it comes to followership, sometimes all the time in the world for a preparation, it, it you got to do it. But sometimes it's just not going to happen and you just have to be ready. You just got to be ready for what's going to happen and you won't know you're ready until you're doing it, <laughs> you know. So that's um, I, I know that might be pretty frustrating for people who who are who are really really big planners, but <laughs> for people like me, it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, 
Yeah, it actually, I love love that definition, just be ready, because that's actually, we say that in dance all the time, right? It's in many ways, that's the definition of, of following well and very skillfully is that you prepare yourself for the unknown Mm. because the leader is the one who's planning, right? Mm -hmm. They, the one, there's the ones who's, who's looking at the dance floor. I mean, they're not planning too far in advance, right? But they're planning like a few beats in advance at least. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can't, you can't do that because you're, you're turned around the other way. You don't see behind you. You need to take a big, bold step uh, somewhere. You don't know what's, what's coming. So it's, it's really the very definition of, of the followership role. And especially to be a, a sophisticated follower is to prepare yourself for things you can't expect yeah, right? and, and, con- and conversations you can't expect and opportunities you can't expect. And I think that there is a lot of empowerment in that. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this last question. What does that look like? You're educated in dance. You have an MFA. What does that look like in education? Because most people, I think, when they think about education, they think about this this really rigid thing that you do and everything is uh, 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 uh. But in dance, if the if the whole idea or well, not the whole idea, but if a big idea in dance is to just be ready for what you're not going to be ready for, <laughs> um, what does that look like in learning, in the learning environment? I mean, what are the instructors doing? Are they are they really working with you on your instincts? Are they working with you on trusting yourself? Are they working with you on certain fundamentals that you need to know just in case? What does that look like? Well, I want to clarify that I come from the improvisational dance world, mm-hmm. which is specifically about those skills, right? How do you prepare yourself for, for, for something you don't you don't expect or you don't know what it is? There are plenty of forms of dance that are all about planning, and they're very specific to like this technique goes there and it's very choreographed. So my expertise is in improvisational forms. Oh, okay, good to know. And good to know. Yeah, and I, I find them fascinating and endlessly applicable to the rest of the world because of this exact thing. Because they emphasize self-knowledge, right? Like self-awareness, body awareness, relationships, right? Who am I in relation to you um, and this space, right? What makes sense given, you know, the three people who are here now and this stage and this music, you know, so you're constantly being pulled back into the moment, honing those skills of what can I do with what I have? What makes the most sense given my interests, my priorities, what I want? the audience to feel or experience. So that is the skill set of the improviser. And I think it has tremendous wisdom for us in this moment historically, because everything's changing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's changing. And so, you know, step one is hold on to yourself, right? Like it's okay, right? Learn how to regulate your whole body system so that you can just be present with what's happening, right? With mm. what's changing. Mm-hmm. So that's like step one. And it's not easy, right? It's it's something that you need to cultivate, right? Leader or follower, but especially follower, because um, you're not always making decisions, right? Mm-hmm. That will affect you. Um, and, and then the emphasis on relationship is so profound, I think, in improvised dance, right? And so in terms of education, you know, your question yeah, it's going to be hard to plan like a whole career now because the world is changing. You know, all industries are changing, like work relationships are changing. Um, so building as many relationships as you can it is going to be a very strong strategy. And read widely, you know, read what you love, 
we don't know what's going to connect and cross pollinate. Right. So like to a large extent, I think, you know, my own success to the extent that, you know, I can call it that has been because I've just read really widely, you know, and I've always been curious about these concepts in lots of different fields. So that would be like number two is like prepare yourself by broadening your not necessarily like extreme expertise, but your interest, your ability to see connections across fields and, you know, do it in a way that's fun, right? That read things you're interested in, right? Because that's what is going to work for you later. Yeah. Um, that would be kind of number two, um, you know, and, and in doing that, you'll build relationships, right? Mm. I think that will prepare you for who knows what's coming next. Oh, that's really cool. See, now you see, you know what? Now I want to go out and dance. Now. I, I want to, I want to go, I want to <laughs> dance more now. This is no, seriously. So thank you, Sharna. I appreciate that. My wife is in trouble. We're going to be dancing a lot more now. <laughs> so Sharna, if anyone wants to learn more about you or get in touch with you, how can they do it? Well, I invite everyone to listen to the marvelous interviews over on the Lead and Follow podcast. Yeah. I learn something every time uh, I do one of those interviews and I'm talking to people who are actively inventing ways to train and learn followership. So it's a great place to get really at the forefront of the people who are doing this. Um, everything I'm doing now is on my website, sharnafabiano.com. Uh, check out the book, Lead and Follow. It's my translation of Tango Wisdom into the workplace. And I'd love to hear what you think of it. Absolutely. All this information, Sharna's website is in the show notes. So Sharna, thank you so much. Appreciate you for joining me on For Our Edification. Always a pleasure. And again, thank you to Sharna Fabiano for joining me on this episode of For Our Edification. Again, you can get her information in the show notes and you can get past episodes of For Our Edification by going to eddiefrancis.com. Also, you can catch some past episodes on YouTube if you want to check out the video, Our Beautiful Faces. And then you can check out For Our Edification wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, listen, remember, I'm only asking you to do three things download an episode, give some feedback. You can use the hashtag for our edification whenever you have some conversation or some comments about episodes that you've heard, especially this episode. Please comment on this episode, especially if you like to dance, you know, jam. And then the third thing, share episodes, especially your favorite episodes with folks on your social media platforms. Well, that's it. That's going to do it for this episode. For Dr. Halima Lee Francis, I am Eddie Francis. Thanks again for joining me on this episode of For Our Edification.